0: Like said, we're going to continue on into Timothy, but we're going to do a bit of a detour first before we get into 1st Timothy chapter 5. And I'm going to read a verse to you from 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. And the first few comments I make and that scriptures that I read are just to remind us all that God, everything God does in us. Is that he is building us, he is growing us. Just like he did with the Israelites, he gave them a new culture, a new way, his way. And I just want to read a few verses, a couple of verses, make a comment, and then we'll head into 1 Timothy chapter 5. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. And after so verse first four verses, he's talked about how much he's given us, resourced us, including himself as believers. In, in Jesus Christ. So verse 5 it says, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your f- in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. Just want to focus on two words there, moral and knowledge. When he's talking about the, your moral knowledge, the funny way is not how we would speak today, but what he's saying, out of all your heart, are, and all you have in Christ, that is what the faith there is talking about, then grow forward. And he goes on to talk about different characteristics we all need to have in our life as we grow, as we mature, as believers, our foundational characteristics that we must have. And the word knowledge there, thats not just information. I've I've read the encyclopedia, so I've got all this information. The word knowledge there, is relationship building information. For example, when you, if you're single and you get to know a young lady or a young man and you learn what their favorite drink is, what sort of movies they like to go and watch or, or what music they like to listen to. They are things that then you can do to help bi- build your relationship with that person and even more so All that God gives us and teaches us, the information we learn about him is not just for knowledge's sake, but it's to help grow our relationship in, in him. So therefore, we will find that it is the will of God to have the Spirit of God use the Word of God to make the child of God walk like the Son of God. I'll say that again. It is the will of God to have the Spirit of God use the Word of God to make the child of God walk like the Son of God. Now that's just, that's a, you might like that saying or whatever, but it's all, what I've just said then is all in Scripture. And that's what God is trying to communicate to all of us. All of who we can and are, can be and are, is all found in God's Word we're given understanding through the Spirit in us, God in us, so that we can live like His child surely should. So let's turn to, well, we're going to head to 1 Timothy now, but I want to read to you two passages in heading into it because we want to talk about respect and honour. And a major part of it, of this first 16 verses of 1 Timothy 5. He's talking about handling widows. So I want to go back to Mark 12 and verse, start at verse 28. So Mark 12, verse 28, it says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reason together, so that was a group and predominantly some of the leaders with Jesus, and perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, he asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like this, You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So why do I read those two out? Because that is God's heart, that we would honour him and that we would respect people around us. And as I said before, it's all a part of God growing a new culture, a new mindset in us. We find this demonstrated in Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't we? Where he talks about, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God wants to give us a new way of thinking so that we can honour him in thought and deed. Now, with that verse, that passage I read um, from there in Mark 12, it's not just a new thing. It didn't just come out when Jesus said it then. You'll find it right back in the Old Testament, such as in Deuteronomy, about hero Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, you'll read it. Also about caring for your neighbour. It was in the Levitical law, in the law, sorry, that you'll find in the book of Leviticus, such as in chapter 19. All the ways of God are eternally consistent. He might use different methods from time to time, but the heart and the way he has for mankind is eternally consistent. That is why you don't just read it back there in a part of the law, but then you'll read similar passages, such as in Micah 6.8. That's a familiar one, isn't it? Micah 6.8, it reads, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly before your God. It's the same principles, isn't it, that God wants us to have, to honour and serve him and to have a great respect and kindness for our mankind. In the New Testament, for example, it's more clearer. In Galatians 6, 9, where God says, Do good to everybody, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Do good to everybody, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And then if you were to go to 1 John 4, and also in John, the Gospel of John, you'll you're over and over again the word love is written down there and how we are to love each other and particularly our fellow believers, and to take care of them. So now we're going to get into the heart of 1 Timothy 5, a little bit of an explanation of why would we be talking about widows? Why would we talk about widows? Why would Jesus include that in the Scripture? Well, let's start where it's first mentioned in the New Testament and became a bit of an issue in the church, and that's Acts chapter 6. And verse 1 Acts 6 and verse 1 now at this time while the disciples were increasing in number a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Hellenistic Jews now though they were those who were not residing naturally around Jerusalem so it was on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Jews so those of the area because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. Who here didn't have to get taught or disciplined by their parent so that they would grow in good character? None of us. It's a natural, sinful heart of man is that we fight against and don't naturally always want to do good. When we were a child, we got taught, such as for myself, I got taught you don't hit girls. Even though my sister might have hit me or been unpleasant to me, I was never to hit her. You open a door for a lady because it shows them respect. If a lady's there or an older person, you give them, get up and give them your seat. They're not natural things and they're things that even our culture is speaking against today. But yet, there are characteristics that we need to be taught. We don't naturally want to do that like our culture is trying to teach everyone today, you look after number one. Look after yourself. Put yourself first. But that's not God's way. Because if you were to keep reading through those characteristics, the foundational characteristics in 2 Peter chapter 1, by the time you get up another couple of verses from where we read, after God's named those characteristics and shown how they need to be in an order to grow, you'll see that those characteristics will put you blameless before God when that's who you are. So in Acts, in the early church, they had trouble. There's a bit of bias going on. They weren't always being loving, kind, looking after those, the fellow believers, even their fellow countrymen. As we've been going through 1 Timothy, we've understood that Timothy was in the church at Ephesus. And before Timothy had been left there by Paul, Paul, under God's instruction, had given them such foundational and just amazing teaching of God and the truths. And and you'll find all of that in the book of Ephesians. But yet, some of the basic stuff, they still struggled in. And so... Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 5 and let's look at some of the things that they struggled in, some of the things that God was having Timothy exhorted in for himself and also for the believers there in the church, what they needed to still grow in, what needed to be reinforced in their lives. So first two verses, 1 Timothy chapter 5. Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him, As a father. To the younger men as brothers. The older women as mothers. And the younger women as sisters in all purity. Yes, so? Isn't that just common decency? But it's not, not the natural heart of mankind, is it? And it's not our natural heart when we don't feel being inconvenienced. When I don't feel being inconvenienced for your sake. So God was... Reminding and reinforcing, reinforcing, and that word comes up later in this passage, that there needs to be the respect. You honour the older person just like your mum or your dad. And we see that reinforced in Exodus chapter 20. One of the commandments, what is it? To honour your father and your mother. And that's why here in this verse he says "The, the older man, treating him like your dad, in other words, treat him with respect, honour him, if you've got to go and speak to him. Even if you've got to correct him or challenge him on his, on his, in his lifestyle, you go there with respect and honour. And similarly, with older women, with younger women, with younger men. Verse 3, and from here through to 16, it's all about widows. Honour widows who are widows indeed. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. So what's God saying here? If you have a widow in your family, if you have a mother or a grandmother who has lost her husband, her husband's passed away, as a grandchild, as a child, it is your responsibility to look after them, to make sure they are cared for. Not just that they've got food, that they've got a car, but actually to care for them in the full extent. And the amazing bit there is it's not just the kids, it's also grandkids. We've all got to step in, step up, don't we? We've got to step up for our family. God says, look after your own. Look after your own. So, honour widows who are widows indeed. Now, as we go through this passage up to verse 16, it gives clarity on, on the parameters of who the church should be supporting, because this is where God's heading here in this. He gives clarity on the family should look after it. if they have if they have children, you should look after your own. But if not, the church should step in and should take care of widows. Because as you go through Scripture, and particularly you see it a lot in the Old Testament, God is very strong on taking care of orphans, of widows, and of those who are traveling traveling through in your passage it might have sojourners or it might or if it's an older version you read it might have the word aliens not those from space but those who are not from your area but God is very big on it that's why in the law with the Israelites when he set up their what that how their conduct had to be when they went and picked their first crop of their olives that was the only pick they got the rest of it was for the widows for the orphans, for those who are travelling through. If they weren't ripe when you picked them, you left them there and that was their benefit at harvest. God gave them directions and he said, when you're harvesting and you you forget to go back and get those shoes or that 20 tonne of grain, good on you. Good thing you forgot. Because the the widows, the orphans, those travelling through, they need it. And over and over again through the Old Testament, God is very strong on supporting those three people. He even talks about it when you have given, when you have given your tithes and your offerings. He says, and go and give some to the Levites. Because they were doing that spiritual leadership. So they got an extra blessing on what they're being told. And he mentions again, that the sojourners, the widows, the orphans. That's repeated over and over again because... God doesn't like to see them oppressed or neglected. He's very big that we look after, that we have a tender heart, that we have a kind heart. And we'll see this echo through again and again as we continue. So, verse 4 again. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable to them. God. In other words, this is God's will. This is God's will that you look after your own family. Now, verse 5 She who is a widow indeed, and who has been left alone, has fixed her hope on God and continues in in entreaties and prayers night and day. So gives a little bit of a clarity on someone who the church would support. A widow and someone who is faithful before God, pursuing God. Verse six. But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead, even though while she lives. So God gives a pretty clear description there, doesn't He? He gives clarity, and it'll become out clearer and clearer. The church is to support people particularly and more specifically, those who are faithful before him. Those who are faithful before him. So that's, as an example, at a board level who we choose to support with missionary support, with finances and other resources. There are those who preach the gospel as a priority, teach the truth about God, and then other things that might come up are secondary, but they must be faithful and living a, a standard of honour before God, to honour God and have an accountable life. And that's also what is said here about the widows who, if we support, they are those who have such a great quality in their lives, not someone who just goes around just wasting time all about personal pleasure and me, me, me. Verse 7, prescribe these things, in other words reinforce these things as, as well, so that they may may be above reproach. So that they may be above reproach. Now most of these things we do here. And I understand as I speak I'm not teaching you a new thing. But it's interesting that word there, reinforce. Just like we had to, with our girls, we had to reinforce when they were little, when they were younger, some of the basic principles in life, just like my mum and dad did for me. Again and again, we need to encourage each other, each other, exhort each other. Verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So that gives a pretty good indication of God's strong view on it, that you look after your own family. You look after your fellow believers in your local church. You don't neglect each other. You're acting like an unbeliever if you do, which is fairly strong, isn't it? Verse 9. Verse 9. A widow is to be put on the list only if. So here's a bit more clarity. And some of the next couple of verses... Is against our current culture but it is the wisdom of God. A widow is to be put on the list only if she is not less than 60 years old, having been the wife of one man, having a reputation of good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed saints feet, if she has assisted those in distress and if she has devoted herself to every good work. So what do you see the characteristics as we go through that verse there? Reputation. What is she known as or known for? Shown hospitality to strangers. She'll go and help the sojourner. She'll, out of her own cost, Maybe even inconvenience herself. She would go and pursue and invite someone to her house for a meal. She would make sure they were looked after. Wash the saints' feet. She shows humility. She's assisted those in distress. She's someone who is compassionate. So that's the opposite about it all being me. What about poor me? But she sees and has a compassionate heart for others. So that gives a pretty good guideline of the type of quality you want to see in a widow who needs to be taken care of. And they're fairly high and honourable parameters, aren't they? Verse 10, having a reputation of good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to, to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted in those in distress, if she has devoted herself to every good work. So think back to what was earlier said about her, how she is about honouring God, pursuing God in prayer. Verse 11, But refuse the younger widow, for when they feel sensual desires in disregard of Christ, they will want to get married. So sometimes if someone is given... And we've seen it in different contexts. If people are given too much at the wrong time in life or what they can't handle, it actually aids them in dishonouring God. It helps them to not honour God. And so God, and as we continue to read through here, he says if they're a younger widow, they need to get on with their life. They need to make a life, not expect the church or friends or family, to do everything for them. Not saying that the church wouldn't support them and that it would be dishonourable to support anyone who has a need. But verse 12, because if they go about and if they have disregard for Christ, verse 12, thus incurring condemnation because they've set aside their previous pledge. At the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go about from house to house and not merely idle, but also gossiping and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. So in other words, instead of being like the honourable widow, they, become, they are dishonourable when they are given resources that are not fit for them, that are not timely for them. Therefore, I want younger women to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. Live an honorable life, God calls you to. Live an honorable life. Verse 15, "For some have already turned aside to follow Satan. So when you give someone the wrong resources at the wrong time, you encourage them to head the wrong way. You give them the resources to do that. And God says, don't do that church. Don't do that, friend. Don't do that, family. But he does say, support with all respect and honour those who do need it. Verse 16, if any woman who is a believer has a dependent widow, she must assist them and the church must not be burdened, so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. So reinforcing it is imperative as believers that we look after our own. Do good to everybody, he says in Galatians 6.10, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So as we consider this, and we might think, yeah, I'm already doing that or whatever. But it's important to understand as we read through scriptures and as we live life, as that information, as that knowledge comes to us through our heart and is lived out through our heart, through our bodies, that that passion will be seen as God spoke back in John 13 where it says, A new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another, and by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. God wants us to show our love to each other, to continue in our servitude, in putting ourselves out for each other's benefit. And here is specifically talking about widows, those who have a need, those who don't have someone there to maybe support them, or to support them in a way financially or physically. Sometimes it's got, the best thing we can do is to bring them up or take a meal but continue to do the support that God calls us to do because as we saw as seen through Scripture, God continually calls us to live an honourable life, to care for those who are defenceless, to care for those who have a need. God is very clear on that and as we read, if we don't do it, We're living like an unbeliever which is a very strong rebuke isn't it if that's who we are. But let's pursue God let's live God and let's live his life that he has for us because as he said in 1 John 4.11 Beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another and true love Shows self-sacrifice, a desire to self-sacrifice for the other's for the other person's growth, for their betterment. So as I said before, this is all something that we know. But it's always important to remember to encourage each other that we do look after our own, that we do look after our community, as it says in Jeremiah 29. When some people were telling the Jewish people they're in captivity, stay away, don't get involved, stay separate. But what did God do? He sent a messenger and he said, no. Bless your own and bless the community that you're in. Let's be a blessing that God calls us to be with a priority to see people in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether we are saved or unsaved, we all have to the same great need that we might know God, that we might know God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. God, we, um, some things we think we've learnt in life, but yet, Lord, situations come up where we need a reminder, where it's great to have brothers and sisters in, in Christ who can encourage us and remind us. So, Lord, I thank you for the family that we have here. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we have to be a part of this community, both at the church level and in the greater community. And Lord, help us to be the testimony that you call us to be. Lord, thank you for giving us that privilege, that you have resourced us, Lord, that you have given us and then given us the privilege to be yours and to be your ambassadors. So Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to be passionate about you. Amen. Thank you, Ellen.